0: Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered at Liquid by Pastor Tim Lucas. Liquidchurch.com, living water for a thirsty generation. Now, we're live on the web. If joining us and you're confused, let me just kind of help you tune in. Um, Liquid Church, we are a Christian church, and if, if you're new to the whole God thing or, or Christian faith, what that means is we're followers of Jesus Christ. And and that means we're doing our best to find practical, tangible ways to spread his incredible love to people in our community who are truly in need. And everything we do pretty much kind of flows out of what Jesus Christ did for us by, by coming to this earth to sacrifice his life for the forgiveness of all of our faults, all of our failings, no strings attached, and giving us the gift of new life. An eternal kind of life that's now guided by his spirit in us and then driven by his love. So we recognize love is like an overused and misunderstood word in our culture. But Christianity has a gritty kind of love at its core. 1 John 3.16 puts it this way. It says, this is how we know what true love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we, therefore, ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And it's really the second part of the verse that we're trying to put in motion with this new series, Outflow. That to have true, authentic spiritual faith is not just a matter of belief, but of action as well. Uh, John says, in essence, now now that you've embraced this truth, okay, of Jesus' sacrifice for your salvation, it should actually affect the way you relate and are willing to spend yourself and sacrifice for those closest to you. Jesus Christ gave his life for you, and therefore we ought to lay down our lives for one another. And, and really, the message paraphrased the Apostle John here is, is, is awesome because he says, we ought to live sacrificially for our fellow believers and not just be out for ourselves. Why? Because it's not about you anymore. Once you become a follower of Jesus, a friend of God, you actually become his partner in the mission to demonstrate and spread God's kindness, compassion, and care to a hurting world. And there's a lot out there. If there's one thing we discovered last week when we invited you to nominate your your neighbors and friends that you know who could use a little love, it's that there are a lot of painful and broken situations that could use a deep touch of God's kindness right in our local family and neighborhood. Um, Our leadership team has always been fans uh, of the ABC show Extreme Makeover home edition. Can we get a little lights Dave just so folks can kind of see what's in front of them? You guys know the premise. They choose one needy family and just do an incredibly generous and extravagant makeover of their home. And if you've seen the show, it's inspiring. Off they choose a special needs family. And by show's end, this extravagant makeover that they could never afford on their own, it literally changes their lives. And what I love about the show is that it's like love with wheels. It's tangible, it's concrete, it's practical. Meets folks right where they're at, has skin and blood and bones, and it's not just about money, but about the friends and the neighbors who come together and volunteer to sacrifice and serve a family in need for no other reason than love. But that's the American Broadcasting Company. (laughs) And that's kind and generous and all. It's like a great twist on modern-day charity. But we started getting kind of frustrated as we were watching this because it's kind of a challenge to us saying, you know, why isn't the Church of Jesus Christ doing this? I mean, if we have the greatest self-giving love of all, the, the motivation of being gifted with new life by the God who gave his life for ours, why aren't the people of God dreaming up creative and compelling ways to illustrate God's kindness? And so that's when we came up with Extreme Makeover Church Edition, in which we're releasing between 10000 and $20,000 of our church's money in the next three weeks to directly serve families in need in the community around us. And our first selection was the Cascarello family, who some of you guys know them, just dear people. Um, Claudia has been a faithful member of our church for a long time. She's kind of old school, long time regular liquid, which in the life of our church means like almost four years. <laughs> but as you saw in the opening video, uh, Claudia lives in East Hanover with her adult son, Frank, who's 40-something. And, and Claudia is a single mom. She actually raised four kids in, in her home. And when we popped in yesterday, I think she was a bit surprised, in, in a good way, hopefully. But she told us, she's like, I've actually lived in this house for 43 years. And it was only recently that she was, in fact, able to pay back the, the full mortgage from her former husband, to buy that back. And she was like, that was something of a miracle in itself. But as many of you know, married or not, it, it's, it's tight living around here in New Jersey. And to make a go of it as a single mom is even more challenging. And Claudia was nominated, unbeknownst to her, by someone in this church family because they knew she had a dream. A dream of having her 43-year-old kitchen redone, remodeled and expanded to make room for her family and children. Um, her son Frank, you see right there in the picture there, um, as she mentioned in the video, he has special needs. Uh, at the age of nine, they discovered that he did have a, a malignant brain tumor. And, and the operation to remove that he was left partially paralyzed on, on one side of his portion of his body there, um, blind in one, one eye, impaired vision, and all the subsequent needs that go with that. And as, as we considered what we might do, you know, I mean, this is, this is an incredible pile of nominations here, and, and I'll tell you how we sorted through these in a minute. We realized this was a great place to start, just showing God's love in a tangible way to put our faith in action and our love in the line for a family right here in our congregation. And so Mike called up Claudia last Tuesday. And, uh, and the best part is she actually first thought Mike was calling her to tell her that she missed her shift on the parking team. <laughs> she thought she was like in trouble. That's the kind of lady Claudia is, you know. With all her responsibilities as a single mom, an adult caregiver, she's been front and center at so many of our outreaches, to serving so many of you in quiet, non-glamorous ways that don't call attention. And after Mike was like, no, it's, it's nothing about you know, missing your parking shift. She agreed to let us come into her home and find out about her dream of enlarging and updating her kitchen for her son and family. And just to give you a sense of like how convinced we are that God's in this, a couple of cool things happened, uh, along the way. Uh, when we got there, she took us to her outside porch there. You kind of see it's right behind her kitchen, this giant unfinished kind of screened in room. And, and, uh, you know, as we, as she led us through the home, we wanted to set expectations because, you know, 10,000 bucks, that actually is a lot of money. And we're gonna, we're gonna try to spread that out though over almost like five different projects. And it's like, you, you could easily drop fifty grand like that in any sort of you know home makeover in New Jersey, but Claudius led us. And Claudia led us out to her porch and it, it was filled, as you can see in the picture there, with all these cabinets and shelvings and, and, and drawers and, and we're like well what's going on here what, what, what are all these about? What are all these cabinets and and, and that's when she started crying and we're like what what's the story?" And she says, "Well, several years back, actually um, my neighbor um, she was upgrading, moving into a new home, and, and redoing her kitchen. And she was ripping everything out. And she knew how much, you know, my dream for for our small area here. And, and I said, could I, "Can I buy your old cabinets from you?" And she said, "Well, I'll give them to you. Do you have any place to put them?" And she said, "Well, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna maybe they could fit in my screened-in porch." And 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 she said, her family was kind of like, "What are you gonna do with all that? We don't have the money to put them in. We don't have any." And she said, "I'm gonna believe, and I'm gonna believe in faith that God someday will provide." And she said, for two years, these shelves and these cabinets, the seeds of my new kitchen have sat here gathering cobwebs. And I finally realized God heard me all along. Because you guys showed up today. Enter God, enter all of us, Jesus' hands and feet. And she was amazing because Claudia was like, she goes, I've actually felt a lot like Noah at times. As he was probably building the ark. And people were like, what's with all the wood? You know, like, (laughs) when's it going to (laughs) rain? She goes, and then Thursday I realized... It's about to rain. And God sent his people. And we are like, you bet he did, Claudia. And this is going to actually be our privilege to serve you and let you know how much your Heavenly Father does care for you and is listening and cares for Frank and cares for your family. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to knock down some walls for Claudia and just make a divine mess in East Hanover and literally just demonstrate God's love in a sawdust and skin and blood kind of way. Hopefully not blood. Um, you know, that really puts, puts skin on our faith, just as God did in sending Jesus to us. We came across this verse in Hebrews 13, 16, that just kind of captures the spirit of these projects God set out before us. Writer Hebrews goes, make sure you don't take things for granted and go slack. In working for the common good, share what you have with others. God takes particular pleasure in acts of worship, a different kind of sacrifice that takes place in the kitchen and workplace And on the streets. In other words, not just going to church, not just another service. That's not what religion is about, but it's actually about spending yourself far beyond after the service is over. In practical ways, in the kitchen, on the streets, in acts of compassion that demonstrate God's kindness. And that word sacrifice, that's really what we're asking of everyone here. Because it's going to take a lot of blood and sweat and tears to make a single parent stream a reality. And we need everyone's help. Now, it may take different forms. Maybe maybe you can sheetrock, and that's going to be your sacrifice. That's your your hymn to God. Or maybe you can paint or clean, and and that's that's your service to Christ. Or, Or maybe you can give. Maybe you'll be the one who can actually buy the new stove or refrigerator. We need to do this project right. You know, just first class. And that's your act of worship. Faith in action. Why? Because Jesus died for you and for me, and we are blessed to be a blessing to others. We're not the end users of the gospel. Because of what Christ did for us, we pay it forward. Real quick, another cool thing that just confirms for us God's in this thing. This is so great. Um Clayton and I were out shooting on the streets of Morristown for a video another video a couple of weeks ago when I ran into Kim. Uh Kim who is our, our resident architect. Uh, and Kim was like, hey, Pastor Tim, I know you from. I was like, oh, do you go to Liquid? She said, I've been here once. And, and, uh, she's just getting her feet wet and everything. And she's like, you know, what are you guys filming? And so we started talking a little bit about our vision for the summer and serving the poor, the professionals and the partygoers, uh, in the city. And, uh, and so she came last week, uh, to Liquid. And the, and the great part was that she actually filled out, uh, a nomination form last Sunday. And here's what she wrote. She was like, um, hey, Tim, I don't have anyone actually in mind to nominate. However, I may be able to help. I'm that architect you met by the green the other day. Um, I used to design home renovations and additions and specialize in high-end kitchens. And I'd like to help with whatever you guys have in mind. I'm not sure if I'm ready to wear the t-shirt just yet. <laughs> However, I've always been ready to serve. And we literally read that nomination, three nominations after reading Claudia's. Don't you just, like, love when God's on the move and he's, like, just waiting for us, like, to catch up? Like, come on, duh, come on, put the math, do the math together. So sure enough, yesterday, Kim joined our extreme design team and began preliminary sketches of how we're going to turn 600 Ridgedale upside down this summer, and we're so grateful to her for that. But that's project number one. And there are five more that we really feel like God's put us in a position to do something about, and you should know just a little bit about how we went through this selection process. You know, first off, I... Words are inadequate to express how how our hearts felt reading through these stories. Because there's so many hardships, painful situations, tragedies, that and we're just like it just gave us like this little glimpse and taste of what God must go through every day as he surveys this broken world. Kind of felt like Jim Carrey in that movie Bruce Almighty. Remember when he like downloads all the prayers as like emails and he was just like, yes to all, you know, just sends them out. But obviously we couldn't we couldn't pick everyone. So what we did is our entire staff sorted through these, we debated, and most importantly, we asked for God's guidance. We just prayed. And a basic filter we used to sort through these situations was from that passage in Deuteronomy ten eighteen that we looked at last week in, in some depth. Where it says, God defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the alien, giving him food and clothing. The alien, the fatherless, and the widow. And these are the three pockets of people in the Old Testament that God highlighted in his mind as deserving of special care and compassion. Why? Well, because actually in any culture, they represent the most vulnerable in any society. In in ancient culture, I mean, to lack a dad was devastating. Represents income, family name, heritage, protection. Or to be a widow was, was likewise tragic. could mean economic ruin or having to fend for oneself. And, and while there are certainly still widows and orphans in our world who need help, we said, well, does this translate in like 21st century context here in New Jersey? And we realized that, you know what? Kids without a dad or a single mom or parent, in many ways, are the fatherless and the widow of our day. And scripture says God defends their cause. In other words, he's like, I am, a, I am about that. That is is right close to my heart. All those who many overlook in our world, God's like, I notice. And I have special care and favor for. He loves them in practical ways. It says, giving him food and clothing. And then in Deuteronomy 24, he actually invites his people to do the same. He says, when you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, don't go back to get it. Leave it for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. So that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. In other words, when you've got their back, then I've got your back. (laughs) When you beat the olives from your trees, don't go over the branches a second time. Leave what remains for, let's read together, the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. When you harvest grapes in your vineyard, don't go over the vines again. Leave what remains for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. That's why I command you to do this. God's like... Three pockets of people who I want you to join me in showing special care and concern for. Those without land or money or identity, those without a dad, and those without a spouse. I will always be with them, providing for their needs, and sometimes I'm going to do it through you. Through the overabundance of blessings that I give you, I actually want it. I want you to be a part of it. So that was kind of the filter that we used in sorting through these nominations, which, as I said, we literally wish we had the resources to do each one. But here's what we came up with, and here's where we feel God is is uh, challenging our church family to rise up in the next three weeks and put our muscle and our money where our, where our faith uh, is. Um, the first one, uh, right after Coscarello's, actually, is uh, Lorraine Streeter, who is a neighbor to Matt Wiley and Dave Balderson, who, who, folks from the, from the 1030 who nominated her. And, um, and I doubt she'll be visiting us anytime soon. She is a 90 year old widow who lives right next to them and, uh, waves kind of through the window. She lives alone next to Matt and Dave. She lives in Basking Ridge. And they wrote, um, she li- she's an elderly wid- widow, nine, 90 years old, lives alone, no family, um, huge nature lover, but her yard needs an extreme makeover. <laughs> So I thought we could not only clean up her yard, we could actually plant some flower beds so she could enjoy that. We could set up a, a bird feeder and everything and actually could set up uh, something for the deer as well, deer feeder. And I was like, do you really need that, in New Jersey, deer feeder? You know, it's like, you know, can have mine, you know. <laughs> um, but But someone who can't possibly pay us back... Uh, or maybe even you know, or even visit our church because it's not only about serving those who are in our family or who might want to go here. It's about being a servant of Christ to those next door, no strings attached, because that's what grace is. And so we're going to serve this woman named Lorraine, who God has brought into the circle of influence with with, with some folks in the morning. Second was the Jablonski family, particularly Eric is the name of the dad. He's from Morris township, and um, he was nominated by George uh, Krebel, and he wrote here, I know Eric through AA, through Alcoholics Anonymous, and Market Street Mission, who do for tremendous recovery work with uh, drug and alcohol addiction and, and homeless folks, and he wrote this. Uh, he says, here's the deal. Eric has gotten his life together and has been clean and sober for over two years now. We just applaud that. That's awesome. That is phenomenal. Um, but he said, here's what's, here's what's special about Eric. He recently, miraculously, got full custody of his 20-month-old daughter, Grace, whose mother is still struggling with addiction. Eric and Grace currently live at the Mommy and Me program at Morris Township's Homeless Solutions. And he works at Friendly's Restaurant in Madison, New Jersey. I don't know how we can, but I thought we should encourage Eric in his journey to recovery. And and that, that is incredible, when you see someone taking steps back from the chains of addiction in God's power. And, and so we were like, you know what, you know, what could we do? We can't, you know, buy a, an apartment or something like that. But you know what we decided to do? We're like, I know what we're going to do. We're going to go out to Friendly's. We're going to go have dinner at, at Friendly's where Eric works and surprise him. Now, we've never met before, and he doesn't go to this church. But, but we're going to find out when Eric works, and we're going to sit at his table. And, and, when, and when the meal is done and, and, you know, Mike sucks down his fifth strawberry fribble... Um, <laughs> We're going to leave him a tip. Now, I don't know if anyone in the history of Friendlies has ever received a tip for $1,000, but we're going to be the first. That's what we're going to do. And we hope that can buy a lot of clothes and toys and wipes and all the sorts of things that a 20-month-year-old girl needs, especially one named Grace. How appropriate. If we can, like, make his daughter's name a reality in his life in just a small way, God, Grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, then it'll be worth everything. Now, here's the deal. Remember, okay, Eric's not here. He doesn't go to This is a secret. So don't blow our plan, okay? If you know him, don't be like, oh, wait, just wait, you know? Or don't go to friendlies and be like, hey, did the big tip come, you know, or anything like that, alright? This is a secret, alright? So that's what we're gonna do, Eric and Grace. And then, um, and then L- L- Linnea actually, from, from Liquid Kids, she nominated Kyle, who she was Kyle's third grade teacher this past year, and she nominated the Trasak family. She said, Kyle lives with his mom, his little sister, and two Older brother, so he's in the the third grade, Um, and his dad died suddenly last January 2006. They live in Flemington. Kyle's mom, Eleanor, is totally dedicated to her family, but she's very limited financially and doesn't have a job. When I asked Kyle his favorite place to go, he responded Wendy's and Cole's. I don't think he's ever been out of Flemington. They have no transportation. But I think it would be amazing to send them on a mini vacation like the beach or something. When I visited them during the year, I saw smiles. But behind those smiles, I saw hopelessness. And so we were thinking about that. And we were like, you know what? That's, that's brilliant. How, how perfect. And so we were like, you know what? We're going to send them on vacation. We're going to send them down the beach or to Sesame Place. And Liquid's going to pay the tab. <laughs> and we're going to tell them, skip church. <laughs> and just know this that you matter to God, and even though your earthly daddy isn't around anymore, your heavenly father is right there with you, and we are too. And so that's going to be Kyle and, uh, and his family right there through, um, through you guys. Um, the last one we had here is, is um, this is kind of fun, and yeah, it's going to be kind of fun in our midst right here in the high at throwing a party. Um, the Donahue family, Candy wrote this, she said, Kristen is a friend of mine, a single mom with the world's cutest daughter, Jordan, <laughs> and she just started coming to Liquid, and she loves it. She lives down in Bellmead, New Jersey, and she said, um, but her daughter's birthday is at the end of July, and she wanted to do something special for Jordan. And she was hoping to rent a room here at the Hyatt for Jordan and her friends, take the girls to the movies, and have fun and go to Liquid on Sunday morning. Unfortunately, it was more expensive than she thought. And we we're like, hey, amen, Hyatt's pricey, isn't it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. I know. Uh, unfortunately, it's more expensive. So I'm proposing an extreme birthday makeover. For a hardworking mom, teacher, and a great kid. Now, I have more ideas. and I'd be happy to help plan the party. But God has just brought Kristen and Jordan into my life and our lives. And I know this is some small way I can at least outflow my love and God's spirit to the Donahues. And so what we're going to do, literally, is throw a kid's party right here at the Hyatt for Jordan and six of her friends. We're going to rent out a bunch of rooms and send them to the movies. And they can order room service. No boys allowed. (laughs) you know, And just make a special weekend for a special little girl and her mom. And we're not doing this because they're new to our church and we want to say, hey, this is the kind of church we are, but rather this is the kind of God that Jesus Christ is. One who has special care and concern for folks in need. He loves you, you matter to him, and therefore you matter to us. Who wants to be a part of the party? Who wants to be a part of that? You want to go? Yeah, cool, great. (laughs) You're going to have a chance to get in on the action in a few minutes um, when we have sign-ups. But but you need to know this, especially if you're new. We're we're not just a Bible-teaching church, folks. We're a Bible-doing one, too. Because faith without action, without nitty-gritty, roll-up-your-sleeves, care and compassion, servanthood, is actually, you know what, no faith at all. At least that's what James says. He writes, he asks rhetorically, he says, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can can such faith save him? I mean, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well-fed, but there's nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Pretty dramatic language. And don't misread this, he's not saying good deeds get you into heaven. I mean, that's the opposite of grace, of God's love. I mean, any of these gifts, right? What's the only thing that can blow any of these gifts? Actually, if they're just declined. <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose that, you know, Eric, our friend at, you know, the waiter at Friendly's, he, he can actually refuse to accept our, our gift. But it's not about him earning it or deserving it. It's about him simply accepting it, and receiving it, and saying, This is a gift from God. Same thing with faith. Our salvation is a matter of us simply accepting and receiving God's grace. I need a relationship with God. You're giving me the gift of your son, Jesus. I accept it. <laughs> I, I can't earn it. I can't. Make my way back to you. But that's what reunites us with God. We don't earn our way into heaven. We, we simply accept Jesus as a free gift from a generous God. But after we do that, then comes the fun part. This is what James is talking about. He's like, now you get to pass that along to others. God puts his spirit in our hearts so that it may outflow into the lives of those around us in need. And that's what authentic spiritual faith is. What's sad is that some folks have mistaken grace for religion. A set of rules that's primarily about like you know what you don't do. Grace, on the other hand, is now about actually what you now do do as God's Spirit begins controlling your life, and you and you stop actually living for yourself, but actually it's now about God and it's now about others, especially those in need of a lift, widows and the fatherless and the like. So this isn't about charity or, or serving, in, this is not about like serving in some condescending way, like oh, isn't that great? You know, oh, they need our help. You know what? No, none of None of our friends and family are charity cases. These are our brothers and our sisters, and it's our privilege. It's literally a privilege given to us by God to serve them in His name and to be His hands and feet. So, anyway, you've got a sheet in your bulletin that looks like this. Can you pull that out there? It's got that extreme makeover church edition kind of thing on the the front there. And uh, on the back, real practical ways you can get involved. So if you know how to do demo... You're good with taking out your anger on a, a wall with a hammer. You sign up and, and check that. Or painting or, or decorating. You say, I want to help organize a party or I can, you know, plant flower beds. You can write that. Um, anyway, there. We're going to go over this together and, and Kim and a couple others will kind of help, you know, project manage. But w- we want an army of outflow t-shirts to descend on 600 Ridgedale and these other projects and swing into action. And I want you to be creative here. Okay, because maybe God is stirring your heart and you're like, you know what, I, I, I'm gone like all of July, I'm like on vacation, but I could buy a refrigerator for them. <laughs> or, or I want to pay for the new flooring or, or windows because there's going to be a lot to replace and we're looking to God to do this thing. So maybe you give financially, I don't know. When all is said and done, our entire summer of service, we estimate that we'll be investing upwards of $20,000 in three weeks in the lives of folks in our community. And that's a lot of money especially to us as a young church plant. (laughs) But it's the kind of community we want to be. And as I mentioned last week, since we launched this spring, we've, we've been operating in the red on Sundays because there are high costs of, you know, renting a hotel, operating kids' stuff downstairs. But the one area which we're like, we are not willing to compromise is this. No strings attached outreach to the poor, the widow, the fatherless, all the people who God says my special favor rests on. Because it's not about us. And it's like, if we're not about serving the people on God's heart, then we failed as a church. The church is the body of Christ, and we're supposed to be as hands and feet as he intended. So maybe you're in a position, I don't know, to make a significant gift to, to, to this work. Last week, many of you gave generously, and I just want to thank each of you. That, is, that was such an encouragement to me personally and to our leadership team, because we're like, we want to run hard after God's heart, but he's got to provide somehow. And we just got this sense, I got this sense, honestly, that, that like God wants to do more. And so I, I wanted to take a risk here this week. Um, these five projects we're committing to are obviously enough to quickly use up, you know, ten grand, and then li- we'll likely come up short all over the place. But there is one more situation we felt like we couldn't pass up, and this is a sensitive one. And uh, I'm intentionally leaving out names because we want this to be something that God, Spirit, motivates you to respond to. This is this is a single mom actually, and uh, a wonderful lady uh, with four young school-age kids. And what's unique about her? is that she was nominated. She was the only one in here to be nominated by four different people. Four separate people unbeknownst to each other. And uh, that should tell you something probably about her, her character. And so we listened to what you said. And uh, tight spot. She lives actually in her childhood home with her parents and shares that, I don't know if it's three-bedroom spot, with her parents, herself, and her four kids as well. And, uh, and people suggested all sorts of things. You know, can we add on to her home? Can we, you know, give them a trip to Disney or a camp for the kids, give her a break? But, you know, what? we were like, you know what? Let's, I got a divine idea. Let's call her <laughs> and actually ask her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, novel idea, right? What would be of most use to her? And, and, and she is a thoughtful, godly woman. And so when we first talked with her, um, she was like, you know, first off, she was just like, she goes, Oh, not don't help me. There are more worthy people to help. And we're like, this isn't about worthiness. This is God just wants to help you know, and bless you through your spiritual family. He laid you on many people's hearts and, and she's a thoughtful, godly woman, So she's like, you know what? I'll, I'll pray about it. So she took some time. She finally responded in an email on Friday and she wrote this. She said, Hey, Mike, Tim, I've been thinking about Mike's phone call from yesterday and I've been praying about this one particular need for a couple of years. I've been wondering if this opportunity is why God had me wait so long for an answer. I figured if I had to tell anyone this over the phone, I'd probably cry too much, so an email would be less emotional for me. I'm still crying, but at least you won't see the snot and tears. (laughs) My pride and vanity have prevented me from making this need known prior to this day, but God has gentle ways of breaking me down and making me humble. It's my nature not to ask for something, but actually wait to be asked, and probably never would have told anyone this on my own. But you asked about how you could help, and this isn't a small request, so I'm real hesitant to lay this huge burden on your plate, but here it is. The biggest need I have is I need dental care for my kids and for myself. Since my divorce in 2005, I haven't had medical or dental insurance for myself. The kids were covered by a state of New Jersey insurance program, which was terminated this past winter. Because I received a $10 a week raise last summer, not $10 an hour, but $10 for the whole week, that extra $40 a month disqualified the kids for the state-run health care plan. No comment. Their father has medical coverage for them, but not dental. So I take them to the dentist when we have emergencies, but that's it. Unless there's pain, we don't go. (laughs) By God's grace, my body's healthy, but my teeth are another story. Because of my job, I don't have any kind of insurance, and it's out of the question to afford my own. So I've been praying now for over two years and actively trying to find a dental clinic so I can have some major work done and have the kids treated too. Well, each place I tried to contact turned into dead ends. The Morristown Clinic said, we're not accepting new clients at this time. Try again in six months. The most difficult time was when I took a day off from work in March, drove all the way to New Brunswick for an appointment, but because of a paperwork error, I was turned away and said the next time I could come back was three months later. I told God I could wait for his plan, but then I started getting discouraged, and last week I thought maybe I should take this into my own hands. Even though I've been praying and waiting for God to show me what to do, it got worse, and I questioned his timing. So this past Thursday, I just made a decision to go ahead and drain our savings account that I've been slowly building up and take care of our most urgent dental emergencies. I could either sacrifice my savings account for my teeth or vice versa. So my prayer became this on Friday. To find a dentist with a compassionate heart who could offer his or her services at cost. Second, that God would provide a way to pay for the work needed so I won't have to cripple my savings account. Here's where the tears start flowing. After Sunday's sermon announcing the outflow mission, Mike Leahy calls me a few days later out of the blue And says, how can Outflow help you? I was blown away. Just when I decided to throw in the towel, God picked it up and prompted some wonderful people in this church family to think of who they could help in Outflow's mission this summer. And someone thought of me. She doesn't know. Four people thought of her. Isn't God something special? I don't know how much liquid can actually help out. I've got some serious problems. I think it'll be expensive. And I'm dreading the cost of everything, finding a dentist and the Novocaine and the drills, of course. (laughs) But I'd be honored and humbled, and I trust you guys to figure out whatever you guys want to do. I'm in God's hands. He's been providing me all along. I stand amazed at his mercy and compassion, and that liquid might be able to grace me right when I needed it most. Who knew? God did. Astounded by hope, your sister, so and so. Folks, I want to do something about this. Does anyone else want to do something about this? Yeah. You know, I, I got to thinking, though, about this, like, over the past few days. And, and I, 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 you know, I told Colleen about it. I was like, we we got to help. What could, you know, what can we do, you know? And, you, and, of course, you say that thing kind of, you know, out loud. <laughs> and you dare to pray about it a little bit. And then, of course, you know, God has a way of showing up. So, haha, Funny thing happens to me on Tuesday. Uh, I'm going into work. Got a bunch of stuff in my arms—books and you know all sorts of junk, whatever. Keys. Got my keys in my teeth, and like I'm trying to open the door at the office and everything. And I got my cell phone. Cell phone rings, and I get it. Kind of put it under my shoulder like this, and I'm like, "Hey, yeah, what's it going?" And I juggle my cell phone, and short sure enough, it drops and explodes into four different pieces in the parking lot. <laughs> You know, whatever. I'm like, ah, son of a gun, you know, Tuesday. All right. (laughs) You know, so I go, I gather it up and everything, get all my stuff in there, you know, go in and I try to put it back together, like at my desk. And I'm like, oh yeah, this not, mm, not so much. Nope. Not going to be doing it. Hello. Nope. (sighs) All right. Whatever. So I go home that night and Kyle's like, Hey, how's your day? And everything. I was like, oh, good. You know, Monday and stuff, whatever. I was like, oh, just, you know, busted my phone, just got, you know, four different pieces. And this is on Tuesday and Colleen goes, how could you? I was like, it's just, it's just my phone. It's not your phone. This is my phone. I, I, didn't, I didn't break it. What do you mean? What do you mean? How could you? This is on Tuesday. Does anyone know what's coming on Thursday? She goes, how dare you? She goes, this is a conspiracy. She goes, I can't believe you deliberately smashed your phone so you could get an iPhone. I go, what, what are you talking? I go, oh, is, that, is that Thursday? She goes, don't pretend you don't know. You know, you guys know this. I've confessed to you. I'm a total, you know, Mac addict. All things Apple, complete techno luster. Haven't recovered. And, uh, and you know the iPhone, right? All the all the hubbub and the hype over this thing, right? It was released, you know, it was being released on Thursday. And there are all these lines, you know, all over the city, whatever. And it's like, some people have called it like the Jesus phone. It combines, you know, the phone, the internet, iPod video, text and camera. And I was like, I, I was like, Kyle, what do you think? I deliberately smashed my phone. She goes, I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> Like, I like would, I would not do that, but this is Thursday? This is coming out. You know? I was like, really? I was like, you know, we, I think we just got to trust God's timing with things. You know, I, I was like, it will simplify our lives, you know? And I started calculating ways in my mind that this could work because this thing is expensive. It's like five or 600 bucks. Does anyone, does anyone get this thing? Hey, if you'd see me after the service, if you did, this is, um, but, but I was like, fine, that's a lot of money. But I was like, you know, maybe it's time, you know, it just could eliminate a lot. And, and, and Colleen was like, you know, I knew this, I go, I'm serious. I wasn't trying to line this up, but I was like, now don't we have this, this check coming? This is like a, I'm telling you too much about personal life. Our dog got attacked like a month ago by like some other dog or whatever. Took the vet, he got stitched up. We just thought, you know, we'll absorb the cost. Our neighbors call us and they're like, Hey, we want to pay for the cost. $600. So they tell Colleen this. So I was like, so wait, we're getting $600 back that we weren't even expecting? I am like, iPhone, here we come. You know, there we are. God, you provide it again. You know? And uh, so check this out. Fast forward. Now we're laying in bed on Thursday. And I'm telling Colleen about this email. All right. And I'm like, man, w- would it be, wouldn't it be great if we could like pay for her dental work? I, I wish like we were in a position to do something. And, you know, Kyle's like, well, you know, we could pray, you know. And so we prayed for her and, and her kids. And we're like, God, you know, do something incredible. Just, you know, just provide for her. Amen, you know. And then literally, before I go to bed, the conversation literally moves to the iPhone. <laughs> and literally as I'm describing, I'm like, well, I, know, I don't know if my contract's up and, and, and everything. And God begins calling to mind those words I've often taught you. Don't ever pray for something you're not prepared to be the answer to, and it was right then that we knew it. I'm not getting an iPhone because 600 bucks can do a lot of bridge work, or fillings, or cleanings, or, or whatever. And 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 kind I of started waking up to the position that God put us in. That you know, a silly tech toy, a modern day luxury to me, could instead be invested eternally and represent basic health care for a sister who happens to be in need. God's entrusting us with something we weren't expecting. She has a need, and and we get to steward and pass it along to her. And so so Colleen and I are putting my phone in this giving envelope and writing a $600 check today because this represents the thing that I was going to get for me. But instead believe that, you know what, maybe God's putting us in a, in a position to meet someone else's needs because it's not about just my desires. And, and this gift, you know, this week, it's above and beyond our tithe, okay? That, that's, we give regularly each week and so many of you do, which allows us to put the lights on in this place. But this is a special sacrificial gift. This is above and beyond tithing. It, it costs something. In many ways, it costs nothing because it's like, so I will actually pull out my old phone because I got all these old phones and we're like, I could just get it reprogrammed. I'll have a clunker for a year and walk around with this thing. You'll all make fun of, but my sister will have better teeth. <laughs> we start getting the sense that that's actually what God is talking about, real practically, street level. James one twenty seven says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and as faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and their need And to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. I always wondered about that last part. Like, what's, you know, keep oneself from being polluted by the world. What's that have to do with, like, orphans or widows or those in need? And then I realized, because you know what happens? Every time I give selflessly, without getting anything anything returned or back, I become a little more like Jesus. A little more like Christ. Every time I give, because at its heart, God is a giver, right? For God so loved the world that he gave and what happens is that every time I give to a cause or a need that actually trumps my own agenda or my desires, you know what it does? It actually kind of breaks the grip of materialism in my life just a little bit more. I become a little bit more inoculated to the pollution of materialism. That's, that's probably the single largest issue I face in my life right now, just to be totally candid, you know? We all struggle with different things. Living where we do, you know, in a fluent, prosperous county, in a fluent, prosperous state, in an incredibly blessed country, materialism. The stuff that competes for my heart and my attention and my energies and my affections and my desires and crowds me out to God's heart and his passion and his desires. So, I want to, I want to share this with you. We weren't going to say anything, but you know what? I want to share, but not as a look-at-me example. You guys know I've got a long way to go. But simply as a way to invite you to so maybe join me, join us, our church family, as we put our faith into action and invest ourselves in God's desires, in God's agenda, and become passionate about the things He's passionate about. So, the question to you is what will you check off? I don't know what your story is, but, but what can you give? Maybe it's your time. Maybe you're like, you know, I was going to go on vacation. I was like off for like three weeks and I wasn't going to do anything. Gonna, but you know what? I'll come up. <laughs> I'll kick up some sawdust. Maybe it's your talents. You have practical gifts and abilities, uh, you know, like him offering her architectural, you know, talents. Maybe you're like, you know, I can wire a kitchen or I can lay tile. But maybe it's your treasure. (laughs) And maybe even God right now is prompting you to think like, actually, I could, wow, give a gift that could make just one of these dreams come true for the families we have the chance to serve. Don't ignore that. Okay? Don't, Quench that spirit. You do that today. You can, you, can, you, know, you can put your gift in this envelope and know our heart because it's not about us or you. It's about God and this world that he loves and wants to heal and bless through his people. i us just take a moment real quick just to pray. God, important moment. Lord, I thank you that you invite us. You could do this yourself, God. But you invite your people to partner with you, and to participate in your mission to change the world. I thank you for that privilege, Lord. But I just even ask now, as your spirit has called to mind probably a lot of different thoughts in this room, in people's hearts, Lord, about how they could contribute. I pray that you would just impress that, Lord, by your spirit's power, not anything else, Lord. Because we want to be after your heart, Lord. We want to be less and less like the world and more and more loving it into relationship with you. So call to mind the ways you want us, Lord, to invest our lives. They're yours. Amen. All right. So, you got your sheet there, your sign up sheet. What's your participation? Now, you're going to notice there are three other opportunities here. Did you check that out to get involved in projects uh, this July here? I introduced you to the three last Sunday, the three pockets of people. We believe God wants us to reach out and serve in Christ's name. The poor, the professionals, and the partygoers here in Morristown. Those are the three other uh, groups there. Uh, Morristown, as we, as we mentioned, has a huge population of immigrant families, Hondurans, Colombians, from Central Latin America. And uh, many of you likely drove by them on your way to church this morning or the tonight, I don't know, probably not, they're probably not out there right now. Usually they're in the morning by the train station, um, waiting day laborers to be picked up and working for, you know, usually below minimum wage. And um, most don't speak English. Many spend their, you know, save their money to send back home to support their families. And and the thing is, their presence has become something of a hot-button issue politically, um, kind of political football. Many folks object to their presence like, well, hey, they're here illegally, they take jobs, they don't contribute to comedy, pay taxes. But you know what? We're not interested in politics, that's not... Not bringing up his political topic. No. The spiritual reality is that from God's perspective, they're not aliens or outcasts. God doesn't see them as a political issue, but as people to whom God's people are to show special care. That's, that's again, established way back in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy. God defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the alien. He who is in a foreign land without... The benefits of language and education and a green card and giving them food and clothing. So what we're going to do is show God's care for them in a practical way. And we're going to feed them breakfast for two weeks and give them work gloves as well. So if you look on here, um, you'll have a chance to be part of our day laborer um, service outreach. Hey, Mary Jo, can I grab your little little thing there, your little sign-up sheet? Um, just real quick, look at the times of this. Now, this is, I know, this is going to be a stretch for some of you, right? You're like, 6 a.m., not feeling called to that. Um, this is going to be between the hours of 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. actually and again, you can come for any portion of that that you want but it's on back-to-back weekends Friday the 13th, Saturday the 14th and then Friday the 20th and then the 21st as well so any one of those dates for any amount of time you come and you just want to be a part of that serving folks who who could use a lift there um, and help with that poor outreach you can just check that up and here's the deal we need Spanish speakers anyone habla espanol okay, excellent What's, what's, uh, BN. Okay. Uh, sorry. That's bad. I'll see. i see. Uh, you put on here, say, I speak Spanish. And if you're bilingual, you can translate. That's awesome. You write that on your, on your, on your card too. Okay. It was really kind of cool. I got an email and from, uh, from one of our uh, Latino sisters here in our congregation. And she was like, Hey, Pastor Tim, I can't wait for July to be a part of the summer outflow. As I mentioned my way out of church last week, I speak Spanish. It's actually the only language I know how to speak. Since English still is so hard for me. Um, I always feel like I speak like a little kid using basic words, but here I am with my Spanish ready to serve my church in our summer project. I want to thank you because as an immigrant myself, I appreciate what you say about my people. I'm not from Honduras or Colombia. I'm from Venezuela, and I don't have to go through so many days like a big amount of immigrants in this country, but I shared with them being homesick. Even though all my family moved to the States 27 years ago, I miss terribly my mi tierra, my land, just like all of them. I feel for them every time I hear people saying bad things about the immigrant population. Now, I know not all the immigrants are good, but I believe we have good and bad in all the nationalities. For the Americans, it's difficult to understand that we, the immigrants, give up a lot when we come to this country, and each one of us have different reasons to come here. And meanwhile, we're still giving up even more, as well as gaining a lot, and each one in different ways. But I love the way you presented the project, because I always refer to anyone who's Hispanic or Latino as my people, because at the end, we are all aliens in this world since the only citizenship we share is in heaven. I know, in everyone, I know you and everyone will hopefully see Jesus in the immigrant's face. Because when you said today in the sermon, well, I know it won't look like much, you know, giving them a bottle of water and, and, and breakfast, my heart was pumping, because I know that will be a huge deal to my people. And I thank you for that from the bottom of my heart, because this is a huge deal to know I can serve my people alongside God's people in this project. Love, Alex. And that's a great perspective, Thanks for that, Alex. But this this is just, because I was like, this is just like a little thing in the scheme of things, serving breakfast to some dealers. I mean, what's breakfast in gloves? But again, when Jesus sent out his disciples in Matthew 10, he actually encouraged them with these words. He said, this is a large work I've called you into, but don't be overwhelmed by it. It's best to start small. Give a cool cup of water to someone who is thirsty, for instance. Why? Because the smallest act of giving or receiving makes you a true apprentice. That's a disciple. You won't lose out On a thing. That's what it means to follow Jesus. It's like practical acts of compassion to a neighbor in need, particularly those who aren't like you, is evidence of someone living in the kingdom of God. So, we hope many of you are going to sign up to serve the the day laborers in in the weeks to come. Now, secondly, the professionals we're going to serve as well. Um, Right at the train station are a lot of commuters who go into Manhattan. We've got a lot of, you know, business people, you know, people in, you know, the arts and education, bankers, lawyers, architects, whatever. And um, they call this community their home. And many of them are commuters, so we're going to serve them at the same time that we are serving the day laborers, in the early a.m. And the only difference is we're going to express God's love in a language they can relate to, giving them a bottle of, you know, chilled liquid water, a breakfast bar. And then we're going to buy out the newsstand of the New York Times and give out free copies of the Times for their commute, but with a handwritten note attached to it on our, our little liquid, you know, bubble cards here, and, um, and you can write whatever it is, but the idea is as they're getting on the, the train, we just want to remind them that even though it's Friday and you've got to bust your butt and you're getting, you know, in the hamster wheel and doing the thing, the commute, and, uh, remember one thing, that before anything begins, God loves you. You matter to God. We know you're about to enter an environment where you know it's about your performance and how much you earn and all that, but know this, before anything, you don't have to perform one iota for God. He loves you just as you are. And we're just going to remind them of that on a Friday, as we serve them, in Christ's name. So that's the professionals. And if you want to be a part of that, you can actually do both if you want at the same time. We'll, we'll, we'll have our truck out there and everything. That's going to be the, uh, the professionals' outreach. Um, but finally, the partygoers. And I know this is the service, where there are a few people who are like, I just feel like the club and bar scene is on my heart. You know, I just... <laughs> It's like crickets in, you know, the 1030 service, but like everyone perks up at, uh, you know, the late service. And uh, you folks probably know Morristown is a hub of nightlife activity. And, you know, I know, I know you've never been there, you know, Caloo Cafe, Funky Monkey. Where is this? Uh, you know, <laughs> swarms of young folks, you know, mostly 20s, 30s, out in the town for a good time, all down South Street. The bars and the lounges kind of ringing the green. And you know what? They matter to God, too. <laughs> And so what we're going to do is humbly serve them in Christ's name. And the only twist is this. We're going to turn our breakfast truck upside down into a pizza truck at night. And we're going to drive around, again, an army of Outflow t-shirts, driving around, hitting all the hot spots in the city at closing time, you know, between like, you know, 10 p.m. And we'll be actually out to probably 1 a.m. when all the, you know, the, 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 the night crawlers kind of pour out in the street. And we'll be there to meet them and uh, and give them pizza and bottled water as well with a very simple message that whatever... Whatever you're out looking for, know this. God is looking for you. (laughs) And he sent me to serve you guys. We're here to serve you. And we just hope that's going to ignite spiritual conversations and be one more way we can just plant seeds in our city in Christ's name. So if you're a night owl, you got a heart for folks, you know, caught up in the club and bar scene, you can sign up for that. That's going to be uh, on the same nights there, Friday and Saturday, but they'll be between 8 p.m. and, uh, and like I said, 1 a.m. We'll do some cleanup and everything there. So here's a deal. What are you going to do? So you can fill this out right now. I'm um, going to put it in the offering basket in just a minute. But you should know this. Some churches go on vacation in the summer, okay, wind things down, you know. But we believe faith doesn't sleep. It doesn't just like, you know, go to the beach and say, "We well, you know, I'll get back with all that God stuff in the fall." I think, you know. <laughs> We want this to be a summer of significance. And we are excited about the opportunities God's putting before us to serve and invest our lives together. So you sign up today. Uh, Next step, when you fill out this form, you put in the offering basket. And what we'll do is we'll register your sign up this week. And we'll be in touch with you by Friday to confirm your participation and actually give you specific details. So don't freak out if you don't hear from us right away, right? We've got 4th of July on Wednesday. But we'll be in touch by Friday and we'll also likely ask you for your t-shirt size, because everyone who serves you know, gets one of these. we hopefully wear it together. If you're not ready to wear it, it's totally okay. Uh, sound good? All right? Good. I see some heads shaking. Great. Let's do this. Let's stand together. We're going to pray, and just kind of ask God to direct us and do more than we can imagine in the weeks ahead. God, we're excited, and um, we just love being part of your church, because your church isn't just about going to a service on Sunday. It's about being in service to you throughout the whole week. Um, to all the people you put in our path, Lord, I pray that you'd open our eyes this week to see how we could make your love um, uh, concrete and tangible and visible before people in practical ways with compassion and with kindness. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you would direct our steps as we undertake these projects. We need your leading, Lord. We need your muscle. We need manpower, money, all that kind of stuff, God. But we're just asking you for it. We're taking a step of faith here. So go before us, Jesus. Use every man and woman in this room, to glorify your name and truly reveal your heart to this broken world. Thanks for letting us be a part of your mission. We love you. And all God's people said.